The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Amen. Amen. That's just a short video showing you that we are blessed. And as we have been looking at the book of Ephesians, we've been looking at this thing about how we ourselves have been blessed. But you know, we don't just want to keep a blessing to ourselves. That becomes very self indulgent and we don't want to be in that place. In Ephesians 1 when we looked at that it says this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Last week we were looking at the fact that we have been blessed with salvation. In Ephesians 2 it says this, but because of his great love for us God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We have received these blessings, the blessings in the heavenly realms, all spiritual blessings. We've received the blessing of salvation. These blessings have come to us. They've been made known to us through Jesus Christ. And it is because we have been blessed so much that we ourselves are enabled to be a blessing to others. It means that how we have received, we're able to give. Because we've been filled up, then we're able to overflow. That's what's happened. And that's what God wants us to happen. Do you feel like you're overflowing this morning? Ooh, you see. See, I get the impression that sometimes we feel that there's still space. You know, like the cup, but it's, it's not overflowing. It's only half full. Is your cup half full? doesn't matter how we feel. Let's just talk about this for a moment. Sometimes that's how we feel. Oh, my cup's half full. But you see, that's not the way that God's looking at it. God's saying to you, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing that there is to have in Christ Jesus. I've filled you up. So there seems to be a bit of a lack in the truth of which God and the work that God has done and the understanding that we're living in. And you know, that misunderstanding on our behalf maybe causes us not to be able to flow in blessings to others as we think, as God is saying that we're able to. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand your truth that we may know that you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Thank you, Father, that you delight to fill us up so that we overflow and that out of that overflow, others can be blessed. So help us, Lord, to know that this is a fact. Lord, we stand against every work of our minds that seeks to hold us in a place of captivity, that seeks to limit us, that seeks to bring fear upon us, that we are concerned to step out because we may not have the resources, but you are the God who is able to abundantly give us everything that we need for life and godliness. So, Father, please help us this morning to understand that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read the Word. The words are going to come up on the, the screen behind us. I'm reading today from the New 
Living Translation. So, and we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 3. I'm just going to read from the whole of Ephesians 3 and then into the beginning of chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, then by all means look with me or if you just look at the screen and it should be there. And hopefully my words will be the same as the words on the screen. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his Spirit he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please, don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all, uh, understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to leave a life, lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Amen. Amen. We're just going to look this morning at this passage that I've read out in three different, under three different headings. The first one is blessed. Blessed so outsiders can come in. We have been blessed. 
We've been looking at this fact that we have received all of these spiritual blessings. We have received salvation. All of this goodness has come to us. And because of that goodness, then it should be making a response. There should be something that is flowing out of our lives. And firstly, the point I'm saying is this. That blessing should so affect us that outsiders can come in. Now, I don't just mean that we believe that as Christians we should be sharing our faith and that as a church we believe the doors should be open to all because those who don't know about Jesus, every one of them needs to come in to hear about him. That is the sense of outsiders. But Paul here was talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. Who were the Jews? The Jews were the chosen people of God. They were that family that started out through Abraham But then, when Abraham eventually had a son, they continued, and then through Jacob and his 12 sons, eventually became the 12 tribes of Israel, and they went from a family to become a nation. They actually went out of Israel, the land of Israel, they went into Egypt, and there they became a nation, because they grew and they multiplied, and they became the Jewish people, the people of Israel. Those are the Jews. And then we have mentioned the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? It's very strange. When we think of the Jews, we're thinking of a specific people, a specific nation, and often we're thinking of a land area that God gave them because that's what God spoke to these people about. So those are the Jews. We know them. But the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are everybody else who's not a Jew. It's very specific. It's rather strange, isn't it? So when you're thinking of the Jews, you think of the people of God. And then it's like, well, who are the Gentiles? Well, they're not the people of God. They're everybody else. And even when I say that, don't you get that feeling of like, well, hang on a second. Hang on. I I want to be included. I I want to be part of that. There's a sense that we feel sometimes of rejection. And Paul here is talking about the Jews. Oh, those people that had all the promises. Those people that can connect to God. Those people who are chosen by God. Those people through whom God gave his laws as his instructions and said, live as a nation so you can display my glory to every other nation. Those people, the Jews, and then there's everybody else. I don't know, I feel left out. I don't feel part of that connection. And you can imagine of the time of Jesus, this was the struggle. Oh, we're Jews, you know. And those people who understood the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those who were teaching the law, there was very much that sense of, well, we are God's chosen people. And you, well, you're Gentiles. You are the others. You're outside. But you see, God doesn't want people to feel outside. Have you ever been in a situation, you know, those classic situations at school where they say, right, pick a team. I don't know whether they still do it, but... In my day, they did it. Football team, I was rubbish. So they're picking, oh, we'll have him, him, him. And you can see the, the number of children grow, going down and down. And, then, and you're standing there saying, oh, what about me? What about me? We've all had that sense of rejection and isolation. It, it doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel good when you're overlooked. And actually, that's, it doesn't feel good. That, that's not even the right statement. It does something to you inside. I'm left out. Why can't I belong? Why don't I fit? And you know, that's how we can feel sometimes with God. Everybody else, they, they seem to fit. But I don't quite fit. Paul was talking at a time when there was this problem. There's 
Jews and Gentiles. It was very, very different. Jews, we've got God's message. We are chosen. Hooray! You lot are outside. Paul is now saying, listen, in Christ, there's not going to be any division any longer. There was a mystery that in the early days, he was putting a plan in place through this people, the Jews. And he wanted to show through this nation that he was God and that he was different. But now, Paul says, a mystery has been made known. Or something has been uncovered. The very purposes of God, which were in the heart of God right from the beginning, was that there was to be no one who was to be left out. Everyone was to be brought together. There is now no longer Jew and Gentile, but all have been made one in Christ Jesus. Therefore, no one, no one is to be left out. No one is to be overlooked. You know, if, I've been talking about the fact that you could go home from these Sunday mornings and read about the establishment of the church in Ephesus by reading the book of Acts, especially Acts chapter 19. But if you were to read a bit earlier on in there, you would read in Acts chapter 10 the story of Peter, the apostle, going to the house of Cornelius. And it underlines what I'm talking about. Peter was a Jew. And he had obviously been walking with Jesus and now had been through many experiences, but now was living the life of Christ and telling people about Jesus, telling Jews about Jesus. And he's up on the roof and he's praying away and he's having a great time with God and he has a vision. And in that vision, a sheet comes down and in that sheet, there's lots of animals. And there's lots of animals, some of those which would be right for sacrifice and some of them which are not right for sacrifice. Some of them are right for eating if you were a Jew and some of them you wouldn't eat. And in this vision, he, he sees this sheet coming down and he sees these animals and then he hears a voice and says, Peter, get up, kill and eat. And he's looking at these animals and I guess he's thinking, like, well, hang on, that, that's okay, that's okay, but these other ones aren't. So he says, like, no, 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 I can't do that. And the voice comes back and says, don't call unclean, which I have said is okay. And the sheet goes up. You think, oh, that's it. But Peter has this vision three times, the same vision three times. And in the Bible, when you see something three times, basically it's saying, look, I'm just going to give you this message. And then, then he said, well, hang on a second. Let's get rid of this Bible. I'm going to give you this message. And then he says, like, I'm going to repeat that message just so you understood and if it comes a third time, he's saying, look, you know the message I've given to you twice? I just want to underline to you, this is really important. So if God says something to you three times over, he's basically saying that. This isn't just for you know, a little bit of information. This is really important. So Peter would have woken up from that thinking, oh, this is really important. I wonder what all that's about. Don't call unclean what I've called clean. What's all that about? And then, of course, Suddenly, in the house where he's staying, there's a knock at the door, and some men have come, and they said, like, we're looking for a guy called Peter. We want to take him to a house of Cornelius. Who's Cornelius? He's a Gentile. He's not just a Gentile. I, he's not just not a Jew, because he could be some, just somebody from another country. He's, he's only a Roman soldier. It's like everything you can think of horrible... This is who this guy is. Everything who shouldn't receive anything from God, this is who this guy is. 
He's of the enemy. He's of the others. He's, he's rejected. He's put to one side. But now Peter's got this burning thing in his heart. But we're not supposed to reject people. God says, don't call these people unclean. And the Holy Spirit witnesses with him, okay, you better go with this guy. Now, to cut a long story short, he goes to Cornelius' house, and he goes there, and he starts to preach to the people. In effect, he's thinking, oh, I don't know what to say. But, you know, like God, sort of, I think God loves these people. So he just starts telling them his story. And in the midst of him telling the story, Peter experiences these people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit just as they had as apostles. So he's like, he's blown apart. There's now no separation. There's no distinction. There's no hierarchy. There's no ranking. There's no special people. The only thing is, do you know Jesus as your Savior? But from every tribe, every nation, every language, God is calling a people for himself. So that's a blessing. And that's the information that Paul is talking to us in Ephesians. He's telling us about this situation. Now the question is, what does that do for us? I think it should do several things. First of all, it should say to us, look, nobody is outside of God's kingdom in terms of being able to be reached. Because there are some people, oh, they're nice people. The nice people, the kind people, the people who, someone say, oh, they've got a heart of gold. Those people, we want to reach them, yeah? But what about the people you think like they're scum? They're horrible. What about the people who deal drugs? Who are making money because they're actually buying drugs and then selling them to other people so that they can get addicted? They're, they're much more the people, oh, hang on a second. What about the prostitutes? The people who, yes, who sell their body for sex so that they can make money to live on. What about those people? What about the people who lie and cheat? What about the people who vote for Trump as opposed to voting for... Okay, I mean, that doesn't quite hit us here, but you know what I mean. Some of the Americans are getting uptight about that. But praise God, Donald Trump is standing up for Christian values. And I know, I don't know who we vote for, but... Well, we didn't have to vote, but God is in control. But you know how that divides? That's dividing that nation at the moment. Well, I didn't vote for this. I don't know. This. I want a Clinton to be in. Well, tough luck. God's in control. And the nations need to realize that there is a higher power than politicians. But you know what? If you're a real Clinton supporter, then you're a little bit upset. If you're a Trump supporter, you're rejoicing, but you don't want to meet the other side, as it were. Listen, God is saying to us, everybody has the right to come in. And as we differentiate in our hearts between people, because of maybe their belief, because of the things they look at, maybe because of their background faith, what, so you shouldn't invite people who are Muslims in here? Yes, you should. Why? Because everybody, everybody, everybody has the right to hear about Jesus Christ. Everybody. Now, does that affect us as a church? Does it affect the way I am? Yes, it does. It does. And just jumping back to the U.S. election thing for a moment, because it's slightly distant from us, so therefore we can talk about it a little bit more easily. But we can see how there's a polarization. Well, we want to bring it home here. Who voted in and who voted out for Brexit? Woohoo! Don't anybody put your hands up. We're trying to work out what the right thing is. I don't know whether we should stay. I think we should go. What's right? What's wrong? Listen, who's in control? 
Who's in control? He's God. It's not Theresa May. Bless the woman. We pray for her because she the, has the responsibility of helping us through this situation. God is in control. But we feel feelings. We, we, we think, well, I, I, you know, why should somebody have a different opinion from me? Because they do. But opinions shouldn't separate us. We've got to draw people into Jesus. There's no Jew like, oh, well, this is the right way. Everybody else is wrong. Because that's what it was like in those days. The Jews said, we've got it right. The, the Gentiles have got it wrong. And even Jesus says, listen, salvation comes through the Jews, which it does. Which it does. Here's another thing for us to get on. We need to honor Israel, by the way, because they are the firstborn. They are God's chosen people. It is through them. You know what it says in the Bible? That we are, have been given the right to be grafted into the, stock, the rootstock. What am I saying? The, the effect of all of this is that, that we should not be judgmental and separating ourselves from other people. So we want to embrace all people of all races, of all religious backgrounds, of all life experiences. We want them to be welcome because it's only at the foot of the cross that people find wholeness. It's only before Jesus Christ. In the Bible, and I know I'm now speaking about the Christian God, but God says this, I am the Lord, there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. That's what he says. People will only understand about God when we show them love. Because love conquers. Now I think it's easier for us to understand here and now that we need to reach out to people and it doesn't matter what they are like, the unlovely are still deserving as much as the so-called lovely. So often in our thinking, don't we think, oh this person... They're so hard. They're so callous. They've declared themselves to be an atheist or something. They won't want to hear. But often in the heart of these people, it's just they're just waiting to hear something of truth. Don't give up on those people. But there's another category of people that we separate ourselves from. And, and you see, we are Christians, and you know, sometimes somebody says to me, well, what sort of church do you go to? So I said, well, I go to, go to a Christian church. Well, what sort of Christian church? And you know how we can start to be, well, I go to an evangelical, uh, non-denominational Christian church, Bible-believing, and you can go through lists and lists and lists and lists of things that we do, happy clappy, you know, all sorts of things that people can say, this describes who we are. But if you're a Catholic, oh, well, hang on, I say, whoa, 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 why do we do that? Do not the Catholics worship the same God? Oh, but Baptists, Methodists, Salvationists. I, I, you, you know, you could go on. Uh, all these denominations that there are around. And we want to divide and separate and keep ourselves apart from them. Listen, what it says in the Word is that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Now... That's because we can be found in Christ and we can be brought to faith through Christ and it's because of Christ that we gain salvation. Now, we all freely know that there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. Ways of doing things. Songs that we sing. The way that we pray. 
you know, all of the way that we take communion. All of these things suddenly become great separations and barriers between different denominations. And those are the things that cause us problems. What I'm saying to us is, listen, folks, we have been so blessed in Christ, we should have the ability to be patient, to be understanding, to be discerning, to be able to live with these people, to encourage these people. So people from every background, people from every different denominational background are welcome in this house because of what Christ has done. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile. I didn't say by the way that this would be easy. Did anybody hear me say that? No. I never said this is easy. This is hard. This takes the putting down, the laying down of ourselves so that we can pick up the things of God. So there is something for us to... We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And because of that, we believe that we want to see people bought in. So outsiders can come in. But also, I just want to underline the fact this should affect us personally as well. Far too many of us at times... We think too little of ourselves and we feel as though we don't belong and we don't fit. And it's through various of our life's experiences that we think like that. But that isn't the way that God thinks of us. And it's not the way that we should think of others, but it's not the way we should think of ourselves either. If you're in this house and you've believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to say to you, you belong, you are home. You belong. And you need to shout that to yourself over and over and over again. I belong in Jesus Christ. Our feelings can so often dominate the facts. But that's not the way it should be. The facts should actually be ruling our feelings. And we need to bring our feelings into subjection to those things. Sometimes when you look at the clock, you think, I was thinking, oh, it must be about quarter past by now. I can tell you, it's now four minutes past the time I should have finished today. <laughs> so that's where we are. So I'm just going to speak very, 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 very quickly. <laughs> I've just got two more points. Bless, we have been blessed so that outsiders can come in. We have been blessed so we can bless others. This is the whole idea of this. We have received so much from Christ, therefore we have the ability to bless other people. And in blessing other people, what we're saying is we're not cursing them. And Paul himself said this. He talked about, the, about this. He says that when people curse us, we don't, rise, we don't rise up and do the same to them. We bless them in exchange. We're looking at the fact that we have been blessed and therefore we can bless others. Now, I was looking at Paul's prayer in chapter 3. Paul says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. See, that's what Paul was praying. And when you read that passage there, you, you feel it straight. Wow, I want this. What Paul was doing was proclaiming blessing over the Ephesians. 
You see, what he was doing is what we should be doing. He was been, he knew the blessing of God. He knew the freedom of God. He was a Jew. He knew that the Gentiles were to be drawn in. He knew that he had to reach out across the fence, as it were, and bring other people in. He knew he had that job. He embraced that job. He embraced it through all the hardship that it brought to him. But when they came in, he was able to bless them too. And he was praying for the Ephesian church that these people would be blessed. When we know that we have been blessed, we are able to bless others. And we have been blessed. And therefore, we should be in a position to be able to bless others. Tim, why don't you just stand up? You've just become a member of the church. I'm not going to embarrass you too much, okay? When I say too much, I'm not going to embarrass you at all. Just listen to this. I'm going to pray this prayer of blessing, but I'm going to pray it specifically over Tim. Now, don't get jealous, everybody. But I'm going to pray this over him right now this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that the eyes of Tim's heart may be enlightened in order that he may know the hope to which you have called him, the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people and your incomparably great power for us who believe. I pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen Tim with power through your spirit in his inner being so that Christ may dwell in Tim's heart through faith. And I pray that Tim, being rooted and established in love, may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Tim may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of you, Father. You are able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to your power, that is at work within us. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Tim. Now, as I did that, don't you feel the power? You feel the power. Because we're releasing the anointing of heaven over people's lives. Folks, we have been blessed. And God wants to release his power through us over other people. We can pick up these prayers... And many other prayers, and we can start to declare them over people. I want you to think about the people who cause you frustration. It shouldn't be too difficult, because they come to our minds far easier than we think they ought to. You know, you're returning to work tomorrow. Hallelujah, it's Monday. Yay! See? Some people are excited. So it's Monday, I can go to the office. Oh, I don't know how you express it, but you feel it. Feel it, come on. So suddenly you start to take that person's name. You start to pray that the eyes of their heart be enlightened with the knowledge of heaven. You start to declare the blessing of heaven to come upon them. You think that this is going to change the atmosphere in your office? Amen. Amen, come on. See, Paul, he knew the secrets. He says, when they curse, we don't retaliate. We start to proclaim blessing. Because when the blessings come, they start to destroy the works of darkness. They start to attack those things. They start to demolish those things. 
You see, when you have somebody who is a unsaved, who is anti, who is against the things of God, who wants you to do nothing, when you start to pray the blessing of God upon them, that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened to know the fullness of the salvation that is only available through Jesus. Not only do you declare blessing upon them, but you start to find your heart cannot stay the same. I found when I've declared blessings over people, after that, you think, like I read out this sheet of blessings. I'm going to bless them, Lord. I'm going to bless them. So you're praying this, and you're gritting your teeth, and you're blessing them. But after you've been declaring for them the blessing of God, you start to pray, Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you would do abundantly more than even I am praying. I'm asking, Lord, that you would soften their hearts. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit. I'm asking you, Lord, that when they argue against me, I will not argue against them. But, Lord, give me peace in my heart. I proclaim, Lord, that my heart needs to be changed. Because, Lord, you have declared that love is the thing that conquers Not hatred, not division, not bitterness, not cursing. Folks, when we know that we have been blessed, we start to be able to declare blessing upon others. And as we declare blessings, it does good things. Listen to some of these other prayers. In this moment, I'm going to pray a blessing of peace. If you need peace, I can't put your names in here. But I want you to put your own name in here. To receive peace. If you need healing, I want you to put your own name in here. As I pray, I'll try and make a space so that then you know what I'm talking about. Heavenly Father, will you pour this peace over your name. That disharmony and anxiety will not rule. But the peace of God may come around and over him or her, whoever it is, like a flood. As your presence permeates the atmosphere, let your peace be with this individual. Amen. Healing in the name of Jesus, I bless your name to receive a healing touch from the Lord. I bless your name with health and well-being. I bless your name to have his or her emotional wounds healed and to experience the wholeness of God in every area of his or her life. In Jesus' name, amen. And then you feel... You feel the presence of God coming upon your life. If you can feel it, we can bless others. Folks, we have been blessed so that we can bless others. If we'd had more time, we would have just looked at, finally, beginning of chapter 4, how the blessings we receive mean that we cannot stay the same. We need to live differently. We need to live in a way that honors God and honors the things that he has done for us. But we're going to go back into worship now. I just want to say to you, we had a conversation about how we were running our Sunday mornings, and we were just talking about the fact of this moment now, just as I come to the end of preaching, is actually quite an intimate moment for all of us. And sometimes 
we don't make enough space right now for us to do business with God. You know, we just have our, our, our set pattern because we've got a denominational pattern, if you like, or a way of going about things where we're, we just say like, Lord, we're just going to move on. But this morning, you've heard and your hearts have been touched like, we have been blessed, we need to bless others. The words that your mouth brings can have great effect upon somebody else's life. The words that we bring can crush. Some of you heard testimony about Carly saying things that have affected her life in her past. Or the things that we can say can build, build people up. When we bless, we don't always tell people that we're blessing them. We do it behind the scenes. So that in the heavenly realm, where all the spiritual blessings that we have received are being released upon them, that can move up and through and conquer the powers of darkness, the principalities, those levels of darkness that exist there, and can start to release God's blessing over those people's lives. Now, that's like this morning, we are in this realm. We're talking about this. Why do we just want to have a song and say, okay, let's go and get a cup of coffee? Let's just spend a few moments. Think of those people right now who cause us trouble, who cause us anguish, whose name is on your lips more than you can think about because of the frustrations that they cause. And in your heart now, let's just, Lord, bless them. Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that the fullness of who you are would be released upon their lives. Lord, give them eyes to see. Give them hearts to know you, Lord. Have mercy upon them, Lord, as you have had mercy upon me. Break through the hardness of their hearts, oh God. Cancel and revoke, oh God, the covenants that they have made with darkness. Lord, let the glory of your presence shine upon them. May they know salvation. May they know the blessing of your presence upon their lives. May they know the fullness of joy of knowing and encountering you as Savior and Lord. May they know the peace that comes from understanding who you are and the fact that you are on the throne of heaven. Father, we worship you. We magnify you. And we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.